am Evan Mark Katz, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, and your personal trainer for love. Welcome to the Love You Podcast, where you'll learn how to operate from a place of confidence and make better choices with men. When we're done, I'll let you know how you could apply to Love You to create a passionate relationship that makes you feel safe, heard, and understood. Hey, this is Evan Mark Katz, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, your personal trainer for love. Uh, this is a very special Love You podcast uh, for paid Substack subscribers, where I'm going to be coaching paid subscribers uh, and listeners who are serious about finding uh, love and getting better results. Today, without further ado, we are meeting with Janet. Hello, Janet. Uh, very brief introduction. Where do you live? What do you do? How old are you? Uh, I live in Chicago. I work in healthcare and I'm 57 years old. Okay. And you got a great smile and your face is a little bit of out of sync with your words because of our internet connection. So yeah. we will we will make the best of our tech issues, even in New York City. Um, why don't you tell me kind of what led you to ask this question today? Sort of what's the backstory and then what's the question yeah. and how could I help you? Well, um, so thanks to all the great um, love you education that I've gotten from you, Evan, um, I managed to use some of those skills to um, get a boyfriend through the process, um, which was great. And, um, you know, felt like the CEO of, of the process and, and um, met a really nice guy um, who did all the right things. Um, and great communicator, et cetera. And I think most recently, you know, we're still getting to know each other and I'm getting to know kind of a lot about how he deals with things and how his communication style kind of changes as pressures seem to hit. And I think what brought me here today was most recently, um, he's had a lot going on personally in his life. Um, he's very, um, family-oriented man, um, and recently, you know, his elderly mother, they have some big decisions they need to make about her, and um, and just a lot of a lot of things going on, um, you know, relative to that and some other family-oriented things, um, and he's really gone into himself um, and just has not been communicating. Currently, um, we are temporarily long-distance. Um, I am in the process of moving to um, Florida, which is where he lives. So we've been going back and forth during this time. And um, next month, I will be permanently in Florida. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to make assumptions about what other things are in his head about that. But um, he has been communicating some of these recent personal events. But he's really withdrawn into himself. Um, I have an anxious attachment style, so I'm trying to keep from assuming that anything has to do with me. He's expressed that it, you know, uh, these other things um, that are happening, nothing has to do with me. But what's really concerning is that we've texted, but I have not spoken with him in more than a week live. I feel very disconnected from him. Um, I've expressed that. Um, I've made myself available to him if he needs me, if he needs to talk. Um, but this is very new to me. 
I'm a fixer. I want to help people. I'm very empathetic. And this is new territory for me, and I don't know what to do. I'm sorry you're going through that right now. Um, and I don't think anything about this is easy or black and white. Do you mind if I ask you a few more questions just to get a little more sure. context? Uh, how long sure. have you been seeing each other? Um, we first met in April um, and we've been consistently communicating and he's come to Chicago a few times. Obviously, I go back and forth to Florida and we made it official in um, July. Um, and yeah, so we've been officially boyfriend and girlfriend since July. Okay, so that's about <clears throat> two months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two months mm -hmm. plus. And I'm mm -hmm. assuming there's been some sort of downslide sometime in the past two months, right? Like you became official and all these problems that beset him all happened instantaneously or they were always there or they've intensified. When, when did the distancing begin? Just recently. Um, he had just come to Chicago um, a couple of weeks ago. Followed that on, he went to go visit some friends in South Carolina um, right after that. He's not a big traveler, like he's not a business traveler or things like that. Um, so doing back-to-back -back trips is a lot for him. Um, his mother has always been, that's always been a situation for him um, since I've met him, just because they had to make, you know, big decisions about that. So I don't know why he's shutting down. I think he's... Recently, he's recognized that um, every time he goes to see her, and he did express that to me, she's just getting worse and worse every time he sees her. Um, he really wasn't seeing that before until he's seeing it now. Mm -hmm. um, dementia, things like that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, um, he had a nephew that had passed. This was the anniversary of his death. A lot of things like that. How old but is he? the difference is he used to communicate uh, 59. Okay. Uh, how recently is he divorced? Many years, more than a decade. Okay. Um, he has two kids, but they're grown. One is ready to go to college next year. The other just graduated from college. All right. And has he already talked about a future in the first few months that you're together? We call him boyfriend. Ha have you talked about what you respectively want in the future? Has he shared that with you? Yes. And he's, um, he's talked about, you know, he's one thing I really liked about is the way he communicates about that, like very open about um, a future and about, you know, the idea of marriage and what he would do differently next time. And, and talking about the future, one thing I was concerned with, though, most recently, is that when we were here, there are certain things like I'm a huge college football fan. We share the same team. You know, we're both, you know, we share the same football team that we love. And um, I mentioned something about, you know, big rivalry game that I want to go to. And that's a big family thing for him, like with his brothers and, you know, the siblings and stuff. And 
I felt like he hinted that that was not something he wanted me to participate in. And that was concerning for me. That was concerning for me. I, I had to sit back and think about that. And I don't know if any of this also has to do with him having a change of heart. I'm trying not to, because everything seemed normal after he left. So I don't know. I don't know. I got you. I got you. Uh, a couple mm-hmm. more questions uh, before I uh, mm-hmm. I share my thoughts. Um, what was your communication cadence prior to this cooling off? How often did you text, FaceTime, see each other in person? What did you guys work out over the past few months? We were in person once a month. We were FaceTiming a couple times a week, texting every day, mm-hmm. um, phone call in between there. So it was a pretty good cadence. We were always connected somehow. Got it. Okay. Um, a couple of things that we talk about in Love You. Right. And again, I, I, I know you know all of this, but it's worth repeating out loud because I generally believe in the principles. We could always kind of bend and twist them and make exceptions to them, but I generally believe in the principles. You should never have to remind a guy that you're alive. Right. That's one huge thing. Um, And the idea that his actions speak loud and inaction is an action, right? A guy who's not doing anything, that is a choice, that is an action. And so one can say, but he's been so good up to this point. So has every boyfriend who's ever been broken up with before was good prior to the point. Right. So this is all new information. But right now, this is his normal. Right. This is how he's handling the situation. It is revealing. This is the whole point of dating. This is why we don't run off in a lope when we find someone we really like. So there's a couple of things layered onto here. I'm not going to give any character assassinations. Obviously, I, I respect you. I know you came in with a store of knowledge and a different way of going about dating. You've rewarded him for how communicative he was. And on top of that, right? even if all those things are true and those conditions are there, Timing has a lot to do with whether relationships work, right? So can we tease out and separate what he'd be like if his mother wasn't going through dementia right now? No, we we can't. All we know is this is how he's responding to this situation instead of doing the thing that we would want a guy to do. Janet are going through a really tough time Right. I tend to withdraw during tough times. Please continue to reach out to me because I my default is not to do that at this time. Right. Please make an effort for me while I'm struggling. Right. Just communicating his needs, whatever those needs are, will take the edge off of your anxiety. Full withdrawal and silence could only serve to escalate it. And we either need a guy who's can work through his drama and conflict and rise above it because life is always going to throw stuff at us, right? Or 
at least call attention to it. So he's doing neither. He's not rising to the occasion and, and telling you what he needs or how you can meet him where he's at. He's leaving you to guess and sit here and talk to me. Right? That is his response to tough times. So whether it is timing that's bad or he's not capable of being the person you thought he was from the first couple months of dating, almost doesn't matter. You go back to my why he disappeared program. It doesn't matter why a guy isn't acting as a good boyfriend. Right. Oh, his his mother's dying. He's having a hard time with the anniversary of someone's death. He's really involved with his kids. He's, he's traveling for work. These are all very valid reasons. And yet a good partner still has to be a good partner, despite the fact that life is always there and life is always getting in the way. And you have a rich, full life and you're moving and you're going, right? And you're still making time. So this is a matter of measuring his desire. for, And, and so again, it's not about you. You didn't do anything wrong. You didn't drive him away. Right? This is the way some people handle it. And I'm not even going to pass any judgment. Right? I don't have a mom who's dying of dementia. I don't know if I would be a complete mess and not want to talk to anybody and right, not add any complications to my life. But you, you're in a situation right now, Janet, which again, to me, is not an enviable one. Chose a long-distance relationship. I understand the circumstances. Long-distance relationships are extremely high risk because you're out of sight, out of mind. If you were in the same place, you could go over and you could bring him some food and you could snuggle with him on the couch and listen to him vent or cry. Long-distance, you just kind of have to wait for him to emerge from his hole in the ground. Mm -hmm. It's a, Again, it's why long-distance to me is 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 always a non-starter and again i know how you landed here and i'm not judging you for choosing this but with a new relationship with a fragile relationship and a fragile guy the distance is the thing that's making this thing crumble right and there's not much you can do about that so you have two choices right not that either of them is the right choice not that i'm even going to nudge you towards one of those choices you can stay the course armed with the knowledge that in a month you'll be near him in florida i'm assuming you're not going to be moving far away from him in florida you're actually going to be near each other no mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay yes so you could hold on right for this next month and do the best that you can stiff upper lip try to be patient and generous of spirit and understanding of what he's going through because it's got to be super difficult for him or you can say to him i'm really sorry you're going through this it doesn't seem like you have much to give to the relationship right now i don't blame you i don't judge you i don't know how i'd act in your position but right now i'm not getting my needs met perhaps we should cool it until you come to a better place now, the latter is more CEO energy, obviously, right? But you have emotions involved, and so that's why I'm going to you know, tread very gently. I'm not telling you that you have to do that. I just know that what you put in over since April are sunk costs, right? You don't necessarily get to recoup them. They're, they're sunk costs. That's, that, that's how, what got you here today to the point that you even have a guy that you care about. And so... I don't think there is a, a clear and obvious path. I think whatever you do, you have to do it through a lens of compassion. 
I'm reminded of a story. This is a, uh, a story about my sister from 30 years ago. She was dating a guy in high school, no, in college, whose, whose mother was dying. And he was flying back and forth between college and Florida. Uh, why does everybody die in Florida? So flying back and <laughs> forth between college and Florida. And she was too young and immature to understand his situation. All she could see was through the, her lens was, why isn't he there for me? I've got this great boyfriend, but he, you know, he cares more about his mom than he cares about me. And it's like, you're really, you know, your relationship is too new. You don't, you don't get, you know, you don't get to come between someone and their mom and tell someone how, what, how they're supposed to allocate their time when mom's dying. Right. But this is why I go back to, I don't need to make this a character assassination. All I need to do and you need to do is saying, is this relationship bringing me joy? Am I feeling anxious? Are my needs being met? And if the answer is no, ask yourself, how long do you want to continue on this path? Do you think your path will appreciably change when you get down there? Or are you still going to be the same guy who handles um, bumps in the road by withdrawing? And you're just wasting a couple other months trying to get him to become the person you want him to be rather than paying attention to who he is. So what is your reaction to those two paths? And do you disagree with anything I shared? And let's continue. Um, I think there are a lot of good points. I think what I have learned is that um, I'm putting a lot in myself right now. I'm very busy, right? I'm preparing to put my home on the market. That takes a lot, right? Um, and so there's a lot to think about around that and doing that and preparing myself. He's supposed to come in and, and help me with the drive. And we've talked about that. I don't know. I'm not going to count on that. You know, I'm not going to be like, Hey, you're going to help me with the drive. Um, so again, that's a need that's not met. And that's me falling into my feminine energy, letting a man come and, help me. And I don't know if that's going to happen. Well, that's, I mean, let's not conflate too many things. Yes. Feminine energy mm -hmm. is, productive, but that doesn't mean you're a doormat. And it doesn't mean you should accept that your needs aren't being met. Right. Remember you're, mm -hmm. the, uh, you're the confident CEO, you're the benevolent CEO. You could give someone space mm -hmm. to what they're going through, but not if the intern's not showing up at work. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Right, like th that's the point. And we go back to that, that metaphor. He's not doing the job that he was hired to do, which was to also take care of mm -hmm. you. It's not a one way street. Sometimes in times of mm -hmm. crisis, it's going to tilt in one direction and you can tolerate mm -hmm. that. So as yeah. I'm thinking out loud, right, it seems to me that I'm going to give you a third option. Right. And this is a hybrid of the two options. And this gets you an answer faster than anything. Have an adult conversation with him. It's the conversation we're having today. We start off really good. I like you. I like the way you're close with your family. I like the way you communicate your desire for me and our talk about a future. Past few weeks, things have been off. I completely understand why. I'm not judging you. I'm not trying to put any pressure on you. But having a boyfriend who doesn't talk to you is almost like not having a boyfriend. Maybe it's even worse because you have a set of expectations about how that's supposed to be. So what do you think? 
Should we give this thing a rest because you're in no place to have a relationship? Should I hold on tight until I move to Florida and we'll be able to come together at that point in time? What do you think? Now he'll probably do the thing that defends the status quo. No one wants to be broken up with. No mm -hmm. one wants to lose their support line. He'll probably tell you what you want to hear. Mm -hmm. But at least we'll have the conversation on the table and you won't have to be carrying all this stuff around in your head, bouncing it off mm -hmm. of me instead of the person, right? If you're the CEO, I would think you'd talk to the intern before you fire him. Mm -hmm. So that gives you another wrinkle that you could play with as you decide how to proceed. What I don't think I'd do is just bury all these feelings and carry on as normal. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I'm doing. And, you know, and I think about, you know, during the time that we've been together, like I've been working on a, you know, I work in healthcare, I work in pharmaceuticals, marketing, and I was working on an enormous, um, you know, product launch down one person on our team. So I was carrying the whole thing for about a year. Um, so he was with me through like major milestones. Like every time I'm like, oh, I'm in Florida, we just hit this major milestone. Or, you know, I just, when he was here, we just finished the launch meeting, you know, these are big, big things. And I was carrying a lot of weight and a lot of stress and a lot of things for an entire, you know, for an entire year. And, and I recognize that that's not my mother or that's not, you know, the same type of thing, but it was extraordinary. Like nothing I have ever experienced in my entire career. And I've been working a long time. And so I will say that I was carrying a similar um, load in terms of stress and I could have pulled in and I could have handled it that way. I mean, I didn't, but, but, and I was there and I found comfort in him and I found comfort in a relationship that's me, you know, and I'm a woman as well. So I, uh, maybe I handle things differently as a woman, but I really found comfort in having someone there. And, um, yeah, you're, you're just, and that was me. So you're stating the point of a relationship yeah. is to provide comfort. When a relationship stop, stops providing comfort and becomes a source of stress, it's flipped over and you're anchoring on what you thought was at the beginning and what could be. And that's the story mm -hmm. of every, every breakup stories of all time was at the beginning, it was so good. At the beginning, we we're so connected. Why can't he go back to, right? It's, it's, it's everything. So I usually say, let's assume that the way things are now is the way things are. I don't know the status quo with his mom. I don't know if he's going to be in this position for the next three years as he, she deteriorates. But do you need your emotions to be held hostage because he can't handle that because he can't compartmentalize it? I could say that without any malice and without any judgment. Listen to your feelings, Janet. They're more accurate than anything mm -hmm. I could say. And you know, mm -hmm. people who are, have who have great relationships don't reach out to dating coaches because <laughs> everything's just humming along. So the fact that you're here means that there's yeah. something that, that needs addressing at the very least. Because you notice I didn't go to Facebook and I didn't I wasn't saying much um, through the, uh, you know, through the time, I think, uh, you know, of, of the relationship. It was great. And I attribute 
the skills that that I learned um, through Love You. And I would have to say that the one thing that makes this experience different, like I'm sad if this has to go by the wayside, but the one thing that makes this very different is I feel like I have the skills um, to go out there again because I will not change um, the approach that I took. Um, I, I would not change that at all. I would not change anything. Um, I would not change the selection process, but the real person has to show up at some point. And I hope it's the same person that I met at the beginning. And, you know, and, and I hope that, you know, he comes forward, but I'm not going to wait forever for that. And I'm not going to go down a rabbit hole of trying to say, well, how long do you wait? And does it mean, I don't think anybody should, should try to steal the worst thing you can steal from someone is their time and weeks of time hanging on while they sort something out. I'll gladly give you time, but someone needs to communicate, you know, and pick up the phone and communicate. And this is indicative of who he, he is. This is what you didn't see at the beginning. And nobody gets to see this stuff at the beginning. There's nothing to splinter you. There's no conflict. Like that's the whole point. The beginning of every relationship should be good, right? And then eventually life shows up and the mask slips and we made our decision so early on that we anchor to this. So I'm pulling for you. I'm pulling for him. I hope everything works out, but he's not the last man on earth. He's mm -hmm. just the guy that you met post love you, right? And mm -hmm. using what you've learned, there will be another, don't want there to have to be. But you know, mm -hmm. I know he's not the last man on earth. And if he can't get his stuff together, he loses out on an amazing mm -hmm. job more than you lose mm -hmm. out. Yeah. Because right? you're actually seeing, oh, this intern isn't quite what I thought he was going to be. Mm -hmm. This is revealing. Yeah. Whether we want to. Was, yeah. And what was interesting was, you know, what attracted me to him crazy enough was, you know, when we would spend time together. And I remember this when he had first come to Chicago and and we would just have these long conversations, just walking around everywhere and having these long conversations and this communication style. And the way I would describe him is I would say, she's so evolved. Like he'd been to therapy or something. He's so evolved in his viewpoint and talking about the different stages. And he knew that I had dated, you know, a separated man and and we talked about that and, and his viewpoint and, and his, you know, stages of having gone through a divorce and where his head was at and just his whole communication style was really what attracted me to him. And so to be in a position where someone completely shuts down is just that is where it comes from, the antithesis of this evolved it happened Thing. all the time. It happened when you were in Love You. We heard, if you remember Susan, right? Chicago, 70s, mm -hmm. six, mm -hmm. seven really amazing weeks. Guys thought he was mm -hmm. married again, yeah. talking about marriage. And then week seven, he starts acting like mm -hmm. a jerk. And she's like, I don't know where this is coming from. And one week later, yeah. dumps him. So yeah. um, listen, yeah. your heart won't lie to you. I trust you. I need you to trust yourself. Mm -hmm. I would love it if you can come back and let me know how it all go goes. 
Um, I am a big fan. And uh, I, I think you're going to get through this one way or the other. Thank you so much, Evan. Right. Very timely. This is very, very timely. Oh, I so appreciate it. So appreciate you. Thank you. Um, thank you. For those who are listening, this is Evan Mark Katz, dating coach for Smart Strong Successful Women. If you enjoyed this podcast on Apple, please leave us a positive review. Um, five stars, write something nice. If you have something nice to say, if you don't have something nice to say, you could probably keep that to yourself. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, please share it with someone you know and love who can benefit from it. And thank you for uh, subscribing to my Substack. I'm really excited about this new venture. And I hope to give you guys more and more valuable content as weeks and months go forward. Uh, have a great day. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. My name is Evan Marcatz. Thanks for tuning into the Love You podcast. For more episodes like this on YouTube, click the subscribe button, ring the bell, and choose all to get notified when new content comes out. If you're on Apple or Spotify, please leave a written review, which helps to amplify this podcast to other high-achieving women who are ready for love. And if you want a man who makes you feel safe, heard, and understood, go to www.evanmarkatz.com forward slash apply and watch my free video about how you could fix your broken man picker. When you're done, apply to Love You to join other women in the coaching community where you'll gain confidence, raise your standards for what you expect from men, and get the relationship you deserve. I'll see you there.